Hello, welcome to the Rise Revolution Mind Body Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Chapman, and this is episode 25 Food or Feelings. So I started to record this podcast earlier, and I've got a house full of pups and making a lot of noise. So I'm going to go grab something real quick. But I keep wanting to leave some short messages about topics I may dive into in the future in more in-depth, just to kind of give you teasers of things I'll be talking about. And probably one of the biggest ahas I've had in the last couple years of studying psychology of eating and mind-body nutrition is that it really isn't about food. We think it's all about the food. Food is the enemy that we need to guilt ourselves when we eat bad foods, that there are good foods, that foods have moral labels of good and bad, and that we are good and bad depending on how we eat and how much we work out and all of that. And really, what it boils down to is food is the red herring. Food is what we distract ourselves with when we're avoiding dealing with the real problems. This can also be true for our calendar. I know Brene Brown said something years ago, and I probably will not quote this verbatim, but it was something to the effect of, you're so busy so that you're not alone with yourself. And that hit hard for me. I've always been someone who doesn't mind to talk about my feelings. I've definitely gone through my own share of healing journeys and personal development and reading books and getting therapy. And I think I'm not avoiding issues. Like I want to heal traumas. I want to be the best version of me that I can be. I, I always want to know what makes people the way they are to try to help understand them and have empathy and compassion for everyone's circumstances. Cause we've all been through some stuff, you know, one way or another. Um, but at the same time, The more I've dug into this psychology of eating, the more I have realized that we see emotions and feelings as bad things. And I know men have been so conditioned in society to like not show their emotions, not cry, not have their feelings. They just stuff them down and and their, their toxic belief is that they're only worthy if they're working hard, you know, and strong and capable and all of those things and that's not at all true what makes a man a man um and for women a lot of times it's we're not worthy and we're not valuable unless we're thin or pretty and and that if we're too emotional we're too sensitive you know we're that we're made to feel mental like mentally ill or something just because you have all these emotions so we've been taught you know that make being too emotional is being too needy and being too sensitive and then men it's it's like you're not supposed to be because you need to be tough and you need to be strong and you need to just work hard and it's like really we need to feel our feelings and this book I'm reading now currently called eating in the light of the moon by Anita Johnston is how women can transform relationship with food through myths metaphors and storytelling and so a lot of it is telling stories from ancient Chinese um, folklore or Native American. Like, there's all different cultures of stories in here and then how it 
talks about relating to food and body issues and our emotions. And so I'm going to read a few things out of here quoting this book right now. And, and one of those is that one of the things is we're trying to cope with food. When we substitute anything um, to distract us from problems, then what we're doing is using the insert substance, whether it's alcohol, food, sex, shopping, whatever, we're using that to cope because coping with real problems requires skills that we may not have. And resolving them seems impossible sometimes. And so what we're doing with food distracts us from our sadness, our anger, our feel. And it doesn't really help to solve the real problem. In fact, it can make it worse because, you know, we're stressed, we're stressed out and our disordered eating behavior increases and the real issues don't get resolved. So if we can set with our emotions, set with our feelings and work through them. And, and this was a concept that I had a hard time believing too, but someone described it once as a wave, like the emotion is going to come, it's going to crest and then it's going to break and, and be gone, like wash through. And I thought that was a beautiful way to describe how we can process our emotions. What we do is we try to avoid that crest of the wave because it feels too uncomfortable, too intense, or too bad. But we need those dark seasons of our life. We need to cry. We need to be angry. We need to recognize those things and move through them so they're not stuck in us. And so we're not becoming resentful and frustrated. But also, if we would drop judgment about our feelings and that feelings aren't good or bad, they're just feelings, they just are, they're our feelings, um, that we need to stop labeling them as well. Just like we don't necessarily need to label, you know, the food. We need to accept our feelings without judgment. Now, there's a difference between feelings and behavior, right? So, feelings can be pleasant or unpleasant, but it's the behavior that we act upon while we're feeling the feeling that determines if, you know, what we're doing is, is bad or good in, in, in the sense of, you know, if we're acting out in anger and we do something mean or hateful, then it's the behavior. It's not the feeling. Um, so we have to learn how to manage the feeling. So unlike behavior, feelings, the actual feelings don't harm you or others. They can be uncomfortable and they can be the cause of hurtful behavior, but they're not bad in and of themselves, right? But if we aren't recognizing those feelings, then they don't just go away. If we ignore them, they take on a power of their own. And so sometimes then we turn that into our compulsive behaviors. And so another thing that I had want to talk about, and I've mentioned a couple times in here, and she mentions it in this book as well as Mark David talking about it in the trainings that I had. And Mark is the founder of the Institute for Psychology of Eating where I got my certification. And he's also written a couple of books, The Slow Down Diet and Nourishing Wisdom. But <laughs> it's food addiction is not necessarily a real thing. There are eating disorders and there is disordered eating. I think there's a, a an amount of people that fall in the category of eating disorders. And I'm not clinically trained. I'm not a eating disorder specialist. I'm not a medical professional. Those clients require extra attention from someone who's in specialized in eating disorders, right? 
but I think the average person <laughs> is way more skewed in their perception and has a lot of disordered eating habits, even if you think you're just a normal person with no problems. I also hear commonly the average person think that they're addicted to food because they compulsively eat. And I want to recognize that it's a compulsive behavior when we're binge eating. It's not that we're addicted to food. We're exhibiting a behavior of compulsion. And really what it boils down to at the end of the day is again this distraction of putting the focus on food instead of our feelings. And so... If we're obsessing about food or dieting, what we're really doing, or even our busy schedule, like this is something I was super guilty of, like just keeping myself so busy, I didn't have time to think. And if it just, if, if we feel overweight or unhappy in our body, how we feel, how we look, whatever, focusing on that feeling of our appearance or our weight number gives us something tangible, gives something to focus on instead of those troubled feelings that we don't know what to do with or that we don't even want to acknowledge are there. And so one of the most freeing things for me has been to let go of that self-judgment. You know, it's a step-by-step process in daily learning to accept yourself and then love yourself. Um, Stephanie Fox, another fellow Institute for Psychology meeting coach, posted on the Instagram yesterday, I think, that like, hey, let's just not even go to body love. Let's just start with body acceptance. So many of us are in body hate and body shame that we can't even imagine the leap to body love. And many of us are in that category of whether we would admit it or not, like deep down how we feel is shame or judgment. And It becomes such a vicious cycle to be in judgment of yourself, try to work hard to diet or lose weight, then have, you know, setbacks and slip ups and and then guilt and shame. And it's just this vicious cycle. And we never achieve that moment of true satisfaction. How many people do you know have lost a ton of weight or kicked a bad habit, you know, smoking this, that super proud of those things, but then they pick something else to focus on they're not happy with. Now, that's different than yeah, I've set a goal and I've achieved that goal. Now it's time for a new goal. That's different. There's a healthy mindset around, you know, this is something I'm going to achieve. And if it's free from the roots of guilt and shame when you're taking the actions and setting the goals, then it's a good healthy goal. And I mean healthy by behavior, mental health healthy, right? Um, so, but what I want, it is so... We can't see the forest for the trees. We focus so much on the food and trying to cling to something that we feel we can control. And we can have more control of our behavior, but we cannot have control of our feelings. We feel the way we feel. And and those feelings need to be acknowledged. They need to be listened to. They need to be set with. And that doesn't always mean that you even need to do anything with those feelings. I think that's some of us doers, that's a hard, hard thing. Well, if I feel this way, then what am I going to do about it? No, just don't do, just be, just be, just be with that feeling and that emo- that emotion. You know, so more and more and more and more that you work with connecting to your body, connecting to your body wisdom, nourishing yourself with great food 
giving yourself grace and compassion, moving in ways that you love and enjoy instead of, you know, clocking the hours on the treadmill or whatever it is. The more we would tune into that and we're going to eat when we're hungry and stop when we're full and occasionally have the, you know, indulgence of this is what I really want or maybe I overdid it a little that day on whatever. Um, It's just all information and feedback. It is not good or bad. And your worth is not defined by how well you ate today. Okay. So these books are phenomenal. I'm telling you, I really want to put together a list of books that I have been reading and put it out there for anybody who wants those resources. And there are ways to eat that nourish our body better than than ways that don't. So as a health coach, of course, I can help guide people to healthy swaps to make, um, changes that they can make in their diet that are one thing at a time and not overwhelming. Um, Of course, fruit and vegetables is a basic for most any healthy diet um, or food plan. But really, it's, it's more learning to listen to your body about what it wants, how much it needs, and then also burning that fuel in movement that brings you joy and pleasure and embodiment. Like connection to your body is embodiment. Uh, and so food or feelings, I want to tell you again that anytime you are feeling overwhelmed with compulsive behavior around food and eating or shame and guilt around your body or your diet, I want you to sit down and say, hmm, this really isn't about the food. It's about the feelings. And can I just sit and acknowledge how am I feeling and check in? Maybe journal, maybe talk to a friend, maybe just sit alone in silence and meditate and think on it and pray on it. Um, And just ask what you can learn from that, not what you have to do about it, but just feel the feeling, love and accept yourself. and pause. Like if you feel like it's it's about to cause a compulsive behavior, you know, pause and make the conscious choice. Um, so I think recognize, feel the feeling, and then do the five steps to conscious eating, which I've talked about in previous episodes. It's basically acknowledge that you're making a choice to eat, deciding what to eat, eating with presence and awareness, listening to feedback that your body gives you about that food choice you just made and then releasing the meal. Meaning you made a choice. You consciously chose that you ate that you enjoyed that. And then you let it go in your mind, just release it and move on. It's been such a honor and a joy to learn this and teach it to others. Um, because it's so free regardless of what, size I wear, what numbers on the scale, like the change in the brain has been so phenomenal um, for how I feel about food or body image or myself and the compassion and forgiveness and grace and encouragement that I've come to give myself. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for others. I've got a great free spring recipe guide. If you would like it, you can hop on over to my website at www.nkyhealthcoach.com or www.riserevolutionmindbodynutrition.com and subscribe to my website and I'll send you over a PDF version of this awesome spring recipe guide with a lot of really good, healthy, plant-based 
easy, simple recipes for spring. And I hope that you have an amazing day or evening whenever you are listening to this podcast. It's been a beautiful, sunny spring day here now that spring has sprung. And I just uh, thank you so much for spending your time. Share this podcast with someone you know that might benefit for it. And come over to Instagram. Give me a follow at Rise Revolution Mind Body. Send me a private message. Let me know you're listening. I could send you a free gift if you DM me there as well. And thank you for taking the time as always. Take care.